um, went on a mission trip to Peru. You can't throw away your toilet paper in, in, the, in the toilet in Peru. So honestly, my, my weirdest transition is, where do I put my toilet paper? I keep forgetting. And like, it's not until I look back and see the trash can and see that it's not filled with a bunch of dirty paper and it's not really disgusting that I remember, okay, I'm in North America and I can flush my toilet paper. Amen. Anyway, I'm sure there are a lot of other transitions to, to come. Um, first off, just remembering that I'm, I'm here. There, I'm not in Peru anymore. But it's really good to be in a service where I will understand every single word because it's, it's in English. Um, thank you all for your support. And I, I wanted to give this to, to you guys as a church for thank you for all of your support. Um, financially and all your prayers. Thank you so much for everything that you did for me this year. And you guys are a blessing. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, look at this. Can you, you've got one hand and I got one hand. There we go. Look at this. Thanks, Peru. We'll hang that up in the, in the foyer out there for everybody to enjoy. And, and thank you so much. We are so blessed. Uh, it's our blessing to be able to send missionaries, especially those who are from our church. And uh, what a blessing it's been to support you and hang out with you. Uh, the team got to hang out with you in Peru for a while, so that was just so great. And uh, I know I, for one, am so glad you're home. It's good to have her home. Amen. Thank you. I'll let you take the back. Thank you. Amen. This morning we're going to continue our thought on Advent Sunday uh, with the subjects of Christmas. Um, I want to talk today about Christmas peace. Christmas peace. Peace is actually something that all of us want. Um, we look for opportunities to have it, like an evening at home. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, that'd be so awesome. If I just didn't have to go anywhere, that would be great. If I could just spend the evening at home and, and turn on whatever I want and just sit and vegetate or sit with a cup of coffee in front of my fireplace and, and really just do nothing, that would be awesome. That would be very peaceful. Some of us think that uh, quietness of a vacation, going somewhere else, being on the beach, man, that's so peaceful. Some of us think that the tranquility of being on a deer stand in the woods somewhere, man, that's just, oh, it just doesn't get any better than that, right? Well, all of us want peace in our life, and, and sometimes you can get peace in those kind of ways, and, and sometimes that'll give you a short thing, but it's not long term. It's not based on on, on the inner part of peace. All of us, even on a larger scale, you start thinking about peace on a larger scale, none of us want to be at war, whether that be as a country or, or whether that be with our coworker or someone else, with other people. We don't want to be at war with anybody. You stop to think about the idea of peace. We want everybody to like us. I want to be liked. I want to be popular. And it's amazing because 
in that, that never really happens. When we look for peace on external circumstances with the external events and places and people, it never lasts. You cannot, and this may be a, a quote for some of you, maybe everybody but Pat Sullivan, um, he'll see this later, you can't be on vacation all the time. Ty, you can tell him I said that. Text that to him right now. You can't, Pastor said, you can't be on vacation all the time. You can't just stay out in the woods on that deer stand. Not everybody is always going to like you. You won't always be popular. And so you're going to have to find some kind of way in this world of turmoil to live at peace. And I want us to look at the Scripture today because there seems to be a contrast of Scripture here in, from Isaiah chapter 9 to Luke chapter 2. And as, as we read this text, I'm going to ask if uh, Curtis and Stacy Branniger and their family would come and they're going to light our Advent candle for us. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Turn over with me, if you would, to Luke. Keep your, keep your finger there. Turn over with me to Luke chapter 2. Begin reading in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the rising, the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that, it will, be, that will be spoken against, so that the, heart, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Father, today I pray, God help us to see peace that's found completely and totally in you. God, I pray that you would just move in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you read chapter 9 of Isaiah, and man, that sounds awesome. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he'll be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Man, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? Jesus is our Prince of Peace. That is true. That is still true today. 
That statement rings out in our hearts and in our life. That's why we celebrate this holiday. That's why we come to be a part of the body of Christ. It's because Jesus is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. And He is our Prince of Peace. And then we come to chapter 2 of Luke. And we come across this man by the name of Simeon. Now Simeon, God had promised him that he would not die before he saw the Lord's Messiah. And so he holds Jesus in his arms and he begins to praise God. And and man, then he starts this whole idea. After he's done praising God, he says this to Mary. He says, this child is destined to cause the rising and the falling and rising of many in Israel. <laughs> that didn't sound like peace to me. Well, come on, Simeon. You're killing my vibe here. I'm on the Prince of Peace, man. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's going to cause the turmoil. He's going to cause the rising and falling of many in Israel. Are you kidding me? No. Why is that? Because peace is not just about your external things. It's very similar to what we talked about last week with joy. Joy is not based on outward circumstances. Joy is not based just upon happiness because happiness is fleeting, but joy is eternal. The same thing happens here with peace. Peace is not something that's based upon my outward situations. Peace is found something in my heart, something that's eternal, something that only God can give. And you stop thinking, and, 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 and man, you, you read this passage in, in Luke chapter 2, and you're like, come on, Simeon, man, you're raining on my parade. Let's, let's go back to the Messiah part. Let's, let's go back to the salvation of all men of God part. Let's go back to the light part and the glory part. We like that. Especially as Pentecostals, we like to say that we're glory. Because you got to say it that way when you say it. It's not just glory, it's glory. You know, you got to say it the right way. And so, you know, we like that part. That's awesome. That's great. And then all of a sudden, he starts talking about hardship and falling and the sword pissing your soul and difficulty and turmoil. How does that equate to peace? There's a couple things today I want us to understand as we search for peace. As you search for peace in this world, there's a couple things I want you to know. Number one is this. The world is sinful. The world is sinful. And in the midst of a sinful place, you will never have peace. The world is sinful. And if you're going to live in a sinful place, you're never going to have external peace. The devil is given dominion over this place for a period of time. And as long as he has that that time frame, as long as he is given dominion, we are aliens, the Bible says here. That doesn't mean like type things. That's not what that's talking about. It's talking about the fact that you are like nomadic. Aliens are nomadic people. What that means is they don't have a home per se that they're setting up through the land. Um, If you studied American history, you would find that most Indian tribes were nomadic in nature and the fact that they moved from place to place to place to place. They didn't have a place that they had home. 
And the Bible says, I believe it's Peter that says, we are a chosen, we are aliens here. We, we, we're not from here. This is not our home. This is not the final destination. And so as long as we keep that thought process that this is home and that we belong here, you're going to find it very hard for you to find peace. Because your focus and your attention is on the temporal things of this earth, not the eternal things of God. Jesus said that in this temporal area, in this sinful world, that there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be natural disasters. There's going to be the breakdown of the family. All of this is going to happen. That doesn't sound like peace. That doesn't sound like peace at all. There's something I know about the enemy, the devil of our souls, that he desires to keep you stirred up. Have you ever figured that out? The devil wants to keep you stirred up because when he gets you stirred up, then all of a sudden you start to get angry. And you start to gossip and you start to do different things and and you start to have hatred that comes into into your thing and it clouds your logical way of thinking. I'm going to steal a line from a popular movie that has made its way into theaters this weekend. It makes you go to the dark side. My wife's like, goodness sakes, come on. But that's so true. He wants to pull you into his world. The second thing I want us to understand is this. People are not your enemy. If you're looking for peace, people are not your enemy. You will never have peace if you don't understand who your real enemy is. Because you'll be trying to fight everything and everyone and everything that goes on around you, and you will find that you never gain ground. Why is that? Because you're fighting the wrong enemy. You're fighting the wrong thing. You need to be fighting the devil because he's the one who's trying to lose your focus. Because that's what he does. When he stirs up things and when all these things start coming around you, have you ever had that happen in your life? I'm sure none of you have. I'm the only one here today that's probably experienced that. Where all these things start to come. i got to watch myself. I don't catch myself on fire. i got... <laughs> Whew. I think I'll stay over here so I can kick this point Z in the front row. If you're not careful, all of a sudden, all these things, all these things start to come around you, and you're like, oh, I can't believe that person did that, and this person does this, and all all of a sudden, your focus is off of eternal things and onto your circumstance, and he keeps stirring the pot, and he keeps making it to, oh, man, then all of a sudden, something goes right in your life, and you're thinking, oh, man, this is awesome. This is great. I just, I'm at peace, but you know what he's doing? He's preparing the next plan because the next event that happens robs your peace from you. Does that make sense? And so you live from moment to moment. You live from turmoil to turmoil. You live from catastrophe to catastrophe. Why? Because you have no inward peace. It's only based on the outward stuff that you can see. And what happens is he keeps that pot stirred in your life so that you lose focus. That's why the writer of Hebrews says it this way. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes requires focus. And if you're going to get past these things, if we're going to make it through life with abundant life that he promised, 
Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The devil came to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's not why Jesus came. He wanted you to have life. And if you're going to walk in that life and you're going to live in that life, you've got to maintain focus to maintain that level. Does that make sense? You've got to know who you're fighting against. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Ephesians chapter 6 says. We don't wrestle against your classmates or your coworkers or your boss. They're not your enemy. If you keep believing that they are, you're an open target to be consistently living in stress, to be consistently living in worry and anxiety and turmoil. You are an open target. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be an open target. I want God to speak into my life. I want to live in peace. So the next question I have that I have two thought processes in this too is, so how do I attain this peace? How do I attain it? Well, first of all, I think is this. Recognize peace is established by an internal relationship, not external circumstance. Recognize peace is established by an internal relationship, not external circumstances. <laughs> This is, going to find, this is going to come really hard for you to, to maybe grasp, but you will never attain peace of heart, peace of mind, peace of spirit on your own. You will never be able to do that on your own. That's why in that passage in Isaiah, it says that Jesus is the prince of peace. And if he is the prince of peace, there's only one way that you can find that. And that's a personal, ongoing, vibrant relationship with God that gives you peace. Are you struggling today with anger or hostility? Do you feel like your life is chaotic or in a mess? There's only one way to get through it, and it's not going to the beach. It's not going to the deer stand. All that's short-lived, and when you come back, that issue will still be right in front of you. Yes, there is a time for vacation. Yes, there is a time to unplug and get away. We'll get into that in a minute. But peace isn't found there. It's by going deep in your walk with Jesus. It's by worship. It's by praise. It's by prayer and the Word of God that you get peace in your heart. Internal peace is which is not available by external means. You know, there have been times in my life, and I'm sure as with all of you, why? Because we, we talked about that earlier. We live in a sinful world, and the devil is our enemy. And he came to steal, kill, and destroy you. Kill you, destroy you, steal from you, everything. So all of us have experienced stuff. We just call it stuff. Is that right? The devil keeps trying to throw stuff at us. And all of us have to deal with that. Some of you have experienced a lot of stuff. You've had a great deal of things that have happened in your life. And, and maybe they even started at a young age. And, and all of these things have been piling up on you. But all of us have experienced that. There have been times in my life when I was just like, God, this is crazy. If this is what it's all about, you can have it. Because I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Do you know why you say things like that? Because your focus is all whacked up. 
your focus is all missed, placed. And it happens to all of us. That's what I'm trying to say today. It happens to all of us. But the trick is this. It's not really a trick. It's just a thought. When that begins to rise up inside of us, what do you do about it? Because you will either feed the the turmoil and the stress, or you will feed the way to get out of it and to have peace. Everybody feeds something. You're not starving yourself. God forbid we ever starve ourselves. Although I could. But we're feeding something. And if we're feeding that turmoil, we're feeding that stress, all we're doing is we're saying, okay, I know I'm going to try to fix this. I'm going to come up against this. I'm going to take care. This is my battle. And what happens is we find ourselves sinking lower and lower. And it becomes harder and harder. And the stress to deal with those situations and with those people and with that circumstance and all the things that surround that become more difficult and more difficult. And you get to the place where it's like, I'm just going to give up because I can't figure it out. But what would happen if you changed your mindset? What would happen if you changed your mindset on those things? And instead of focusing on the stuff, you started focusing on the Savior. And all of a sudden you started, even when you didn't feel like it, you started to just sing praises to the Lord. I don't care if you can sing or not. The Bible says make a joyful noise. God's not concerned about your vocal ability. He's more concerned about your heart. And I don't care if you can carry a tune that would shake everything down and be awesome, or if you can't carry a tune in a bucket. It doesn't matter. Worship. Worship. And so in the midst of that circumstance, whenever everything's trying to stack itself up, and all of those people in your life, they seem to be attacking you, even though you know they're not the enemy, but they seem to be coming against you. That's when you say, I'm not going to rise up over here in this circumstance. I'm going to rise up in my prayer closet. I'm going to rise up with my Savior. And I'm going to say, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And I'm going to start praising Him. And I'm going to start praying to Him. And I'm going to start growing in my relationship with Him. And I'm going to see peace in the midst of turmoil. I'm going to see power in the midst of whenever it's trying to bring me down and to take me down. I'm going to see the move of God in my life that I've been wanting no matter what happens around me. God is still God in me. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give Him praise today. It's worship. It's prayer. It's seeking after God. It's getting in His Word. Because internal peace is not available through external means. Secondly, is if we know the enemy, the devil's our enemy, we have to know how to fight him. Ephesians chapter 6 reiterates that to us. In verse 12, it says the message we talked about earlier it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, against rulers of darkness. We wrestle not against people. Then he goes on to talk about spiritual armor. And did you know that peace is talked about in spiritual armor? That peace is actually part of your armor. And it's amazing, and I don't think it's by accident that it talks about having peace in your feet. Peace in your feet. If a soldier doesn't have peace in his feet, he's going to be quick to retreat. 
He's going to be quick to run. He's going to be quick to, to not want to stand his ground. You've got to have peaceful feet. And it says, have your feet shod with the, with the shoes of, of peace. It helps you stand your ground and not have happy feet. It allows you to trust in your commander and not retreat. The internal presence of God growing in your life will allow you to stand in the midst of war all around you and keep your peace and your confidence in Christ. There's another passage. We talked about this last week. I want us to go there today. It's in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Begin reading in verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart, and it will guard your mind. This kind of peace thwarts anxiety and worry. Internal peace and joy from your relationship with Jesus allows you to guard your heart and to guard your mind. <laughs> to take every thought captive. Did you know the, the mind is the battlefield for peace in your life? Your mind is the battlefield for peace in your life. If you look for peace in all this stuff, in the circumstances, in locations, in people, you will find that you might have it for a while. You might have a little bit of peace for a while, and at times. And again, we all need to unplug and get away. We all need those times of vacation and rest, but true peace will escape you because you can never get far enough long enough. And they will always come around you. Why? Because the devil's waging warfare on your mind. The battlefield that happens in the mind. Have you ever noticed that when you're upset or you struggle with something, it consumes your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that in my life. It consumes my thoughts. We could be in one of the best venues for me on vacation, on a cruise, sitting there at the pool, and all of a sudden, my mind starts going about the things that, whoop, it's going back to the struggle. Externally, man, I should be at peace. I should be like there sitting with my iced tea and, and just kind of, whoo, with the wind. My wife fanning me. Feeding me ice cream. <sighs> that should be the case, right? Well, maybe not the last part, but. <laughs> but all of a sudden, my mind starts to think about the issue. 
Amara starts to think about the turmoil, about the stress, about the anxiety. And what happens? There's a battlefield going on in here. There's a battle that's happening. And I've got to learn to take every thought captive. I've got to be able to say, God, I know that I can't deal with this issue. I know that I can't deal with this stress. But God, I know what I can do. I can come to you and I can have peace in my mind and peace in my heart that's not based upon what I'm feeling or what I'm doing. It's based upon my walk with you. And I can take those thoughts captive. And when I do that, and I come before the Lord with joy in my heart, when I come before Him and and present those things that the devil's trying to throw at me, I present those requests and I make them known to God, and I give Him praise, and I give Him thanksgiving, then what happens? The peace of God begins to transcend my heart and my mind, and it guards me. times when you're not sure how a situation is going to play out. Times when, I know this has happened in my life, the thought process of where you're going to be uprooting your family next. Stress of handling crazy family members, or dare I say, even crazy church members. God forbid. All of that stuff can consume you, and it can drive peace from your heart and your mind and your life. But what if in those times you started to pray harder? What if in those times you began to worship more intensely? What if in those times you chased after God more? What might happen? To borrow a phrase, what if you stepped up your game? What if you stepped up your game as a believer in the Lord? What if you just decided, you know what, I've kind of been living this thing half-heartedly. Or 75% or 80%. Maybe I've just been doing this a little bit. Maybe I'm just trying to, yeah, God, I'm mostly in, but there's just that little thing that I'm trying to hold on to. That's not what he wants. And as long as, even if it's 99 to 1, I know that sounds like crazy thing, thinking, but even if it's 99 to 1, the devil will make sure that that one keeps you stirred. I'm telling you. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I've lived it. And you'll never have peace. Because that 1%, even though it's a small little thing, will find its way into your heart. And it will find its way into your mind. And then what begins to happen What begins to take place? All of that stuff that was leading you to peace and now you're struggling with this stress and you've not given it to the Lord. You're trying to do it yourself. You're not worshiping and praying your way through it. All of a sudden that begins to grip at your heart. And again, Hebrews has an answer for that. It says, man, watch out because if you let it fester, it'll grow into a root of bitterness. And that root of bitterness will keep the pot stirred. And roots are hard to pull out. You ever notice that? Roots are hard to pull out. We have a, down at the house, we have a, down at this house, we had a little weed tree thing. Have you ever seen those weed trees? We had one in our house when I was in Illinois. And weed trees, they start out as little weeds, but as long as you let them fester and grow and kind of maintain, then what happens is they become these like full-blown, almost like trees, and they leave and they bud and and everything else, and it's just, it's terrible. Um, and then, then you start mulching around them. And you, 
And then you start planting like tomatoes around them. You're like, oh, it's just part of the surface. Right? And so many times those weeds are in our life and we're either trying to deal with them or we're just letting them be and, and, or they're stirring us up and we just don't take care of it or we don't go to the Lord and those things begin to grow. And, and you know, we're just like, we know they're there. I, when we had that, that weed at our house, man, I knew it was there. I knew it was there. I didn't see it every day, but I knew it was there. When I cut grass, I'd come by it. And the problem was it wasn't to the place, Michael, where I could get the lawnmower to. Because if I'd have got the lawnmower to it, man, every time I cut, we'd have just buzzed it down. But I couldn't get the lawnmower in there. I didn't have a weed eater. And so I just, I would mow around. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that weed there. I probably need to pull that someday. Next thing you know, the leaves about waist high. You know, that's kind of getting a little bigger around the base. I'm like, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big weed there. I probably need to pull that someday. Probably need to take care of that someday. Next thing I know, the weed's over my head, and it's got leaves. It's got all this stuff coming out of it, and I'm thinking, I need to take care of this. So I go out there with my hatchet, because it's right up against the house, and I'm out there with my hatchet. And this is a tough old weed, man. I'm telling you what, I'm trying to knock that thing down. Finally, I break it off, and I get it off, but you know what's still there? Man, the roots are still there. So you leave that there, and it's like, okay, man, I took care of the the part everybody sees. Oh, that'll preach, won't it? I take care of the part everybody sees, and so I take that and I throw it in the in the in the back and in the in the dumpster. And man, and I just and then next spring, what happens? It's growing again. How many times do we do that with life? We allow those weeds to grow in our life. We allow those things, those stresses to grow in our life, and we don't take care of them with the Lord. We just cut them down where nobody can see. Man, I'm good. I'm good. And on the surface of what you see, everything's awesome and amazing, but the roots are growing deep. When we finally did go to get that thing, I had a shovel, man. And that thing, I'm telling you, the root system on that was almost, it was huge. It was hard to get up. It wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. had to dig deep. But man, when we got it out, that never came back again. And I wonder, are you content to live in your turmoil when peace is available? Are you content to live? As long as nobody sees it. As long as nobody handles it. I can, I can do it. I can live in this. But all the more, it's growing deep in your heart. And you don't have peace in your heart. You don't have peace in your mind. It's consuming you. And when you're sitting at home and, and your, your loved ones are around, your spouse is around, that's who we usually try to, that's who we take the root system out on, is the people we love the most. And we start lashing out, and we start, and there's no peace in us. Why? Because we're not digging out the roots. We're not paying the price with worship, with prayer, with reading of the word. We're not paying the price that way. And church, I'm telling you, 
I've seen it all over the globe. There are people who come to church every Sunday and they're not living in peace. There are people that go to church all the time and they're living in turmoil and stress. They're not living in the peace of God that passes all understanding. They're not having their minds guarded or their hearts guarded. They're living in stress and turmoil. Why? Because we've cut down the root where everybody can see, but we let the, we've cut down the branch where everybody can see, but we've let the root grow deep. We've never been willing to pay the price for peace. And you talk about paying the price, and, and you know, that sounds like it's like, oh, well, how much, man? I'd... Right? But paying the price for peace is not about how much money you have. Paying the price for peace is how much you want or are you willing to go after God? Because he is the prince of peace. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, today... You are the Prince of Peace. There are so many things in our life, God, that try to keep us upset. The devil does so. That's his number one job is to keep us from one stress to another, from one anxiety and worry to another, from one turmoil situation to another. And, And to be honest, God, a lot of us have let him win because we've allowed it to affect the peace that's in our heart and in our life. This Christmas we celebrate, Lord, that you came, a a child, a baby is born, a child is born, a son is given, and he would be the prince of peace. God, when you came, you didn't come, Jesus, to, to bring peace externally. As a matter of fact, you probably did the exact opposite. There was more turmoil because then people had to make a decision about you. Today, I pray that there are those in this room that have made a decision that says, I've decided I'm going to follow Jesus. I've decided I'm going to be all in with you, Lord. And to do that, then we have to be willing to say, I want to get rid of these things that are trying to keep me down, that are trying to keep me uh, from being everything that you've called me to be. And God, I want to have peace in my heart, peace in my mind. That even in the midst of a terrible situation, I can still have peace. Father, there are those here this morning that, man, there's a lot of things going on in their life, in their family, in their employment, and wherever they are, God, there's a lot of things that are happening that the devil's trying to stir the pot, and and today they just need to maybe refocus their mind towards you, refocus their eyes on you, Lord, to understand that even in the midst of craziness, God, that you can bring peace. And it's not the person we're fighting, it's the, it's the devil we're fighting. Help us, Lord, today. Would you stand across this sanctuary today? You'd be honest with yourself and with God, your head's bowed, your eyes closed, and you'd be here today and you'd say, you know what, Pastor? I feel the Holy Spirit tugging my heart. Now's the time for you to respond to what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about this message you've heard. Maybe you're here today and, man, there's all kinds of things going on around you. All kinds of stuff. You've gotten diagnosis from doctors. You've had stuff in your family that's been going crazy. Everything around you just seems to be an upheaval. But And you're not finding the peace of God that passes all understanding. You're not going to find peace in your circumstances, but you can find peace in Him. 
And today, if that's you, you say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I need peace. I want peace in my heart. I want to get after God. I want to worship Him. Would you just raise your hand right now? That's you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Praise God. I need peace, man. I need peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This morning you're here and you don't have a relationship with God. We did this earlier, but I just felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to do it again. You're here this morning you don't have that peace. You don't have that relationship with God. That's the only place you'll ever find what true peace is, is in a walk with Jesus. Man, your life's in turmoil. It's in upside down. and It's like riding a roller coaster, man. You're up and you're down and you're spinning around. and It's crazy. But you say today, you know what, Pastor Joe, I, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. This morning, if you would, would you grab the hand of the person next to you? We're going to pray for one another. There were several across this sanctuary that raised their hand that are in need of peace, that are in need of the, to, to rechannel and refocus. And so, Lord, today we, we grab our neighbor's hand and we grab our brother and our sister's hand today. And God, we ask in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would just help our focus to be changed. I pray, God, that you would help us to guard that peace of God, that understanding of the Lord, to guard our heart and our mind. Help us, God, to go after you, to worship you, to, to love on you, to when the turmoil and the stress of life begin to up, upheaval around us. Help us, Lord, to put our focus on you more intently. Help us, God, to pray more intently. Help us, God, to worship more intensely. Help us, God, to up our game. God, we need to be able to feel the peace of God in the midst of difficult circumstances. So God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. God, today, I pray that you would give peace. I pray, God, that you would speak life right now into those that raise their hand. Some of them are dealing with situations that they can't even control. But God, I pray in the name of the Lord that you would deliver peace to them today. Let them give this to you. Lord, your word says to present our request, to present our thoughts, our things, our struggles, our stresses to you. And God, when we do that, you would take them and give us peace in its place. So right now, if you raised your hand and you, you said, Pastor, I need a peace, would you right now just verbalize that to the Lord like you're giving it to God? Let your request be made known to the Lord right now. Would you just let your request to God? Say, God, I need this. God, I got to get this off of me. I got to get this out of my mind. I got to get it out of my heart because it's, it's finding its way to capture me. It's ruining my peace. It's ruining my joy. And I need to get rid of it today. Would you just say that to the Lord? Whatever that is, whatever that situation is, would you just do that today? The Bible says that when you make that request to the Lord, you've submitted yourself, you've worshipped Him with thanksgiving. Now submit your request to the Lord. Would you give it to God right now? Say, God, I give this to you. I give this to you. I know I can't do it. I know I can't try to do it. But God, I give it to you today. Hallelujah. And Father, I pray as they do that, your word promises that the peace of God 
that transcends all understanding. We don't even make sense to us sometimes, but it guards our hearts and it guards our mind. And so, Lord, I pray that the peace of God would guard their mind and their heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Make sure you're back for this evening. The kids play. Today, if you raise your hand, I challenge you, up your game, up your worship, up your prayer. God bless you. We'll see you tonight, 630.